Okay, so this morning we just touched on, I had asked Mike what was on his heart, and he just shared Romans 12, verse 9. And in that verse it says, uh, let love. It's very interesting, that word let. That has to do with the will, by the way, the submitted will, number one. Let love be without pretending. Or let love, let, let what you say is love to God to be without hypocrisy, being, being a hypocrite. And just let that, uh, let love be without pretending. That's what it says, uh, to not pretend. A lot of times that can be with believers, especially those that are taught with the light of the word, to have a private agenda. Private, what I would call, and what I've seen happen, even in the most recent times, a private fellowship apart from a local assembly. A little privacy. That can be from ignorance, but it can also be, it can also be from rebellion, which will be the result of pretending. And that's what that'll be. But what is, what is the cure for all of that? What is the cure for that? And then when we know that we have, you know, when we have lived in sin towards God and when we've lived in sin towards each other, why is it then that we don't confess it? Why is that? Because there's still, there's still this pretending going on. There's still this pretense. You know, pretending, it, it, it means pretense. Here's substance, here's reality, here's light. But I'm living in a pretense. I haven't gotten there yet. It's not that I don't see it. It's that I don't submit to it. Again, we've said and shared in the past, it's very, very interesting how we are never called children of love. Okay? We're never called that. We are loved by God. But we're always called children of light. You will see that based upon Ephesians 5, verse 8, and 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 5. We are children of light. So light, who Jesus Christ is, and always is, and was, in John 8, 12, I'm the light of the world. You see that again in John. We don't have time to even quote these verses, but we can see them in, in the correlation in John 1, 5. And then the message of fellowship, the message of very fellowship, which has to do with oneness, which never speaks of a private agenda, ever, not, not a single time. And if that happened, it should be confessed and, and dealt with so that fellowship can truly flow on, in all honesty. But um, that's why it says in 1 John 1, 5, this is the message then. The message has to do with the fellowship. The fellowship is based upon the fact that God is light and in him is no darkness. Why do we act as hypocrites when we know the light? Because there's, why? Because there's darkness. What is the darkness? It's a pretense. It's a will that hasn't been submitted yet. That's just what it is. Not that God can't call us to do certain things, to go certain places, but it, but it still has to deal with the fact that if we're going to have fellowship and have it on a continual basis with each other, we need to confess those things. We confess first to God, then we go to each other. To that person alone. We don't communicate it to anybody else, but we do go to them alone and confess those faults in James chapter 5, verse 16. We confess our faults. Notice what it says, one to another. That's it, period. That's where it starts, and that's where it's to finish. Now, what can happen with the pretense and can 
continue for us to live experientially as a hypocrite, as a pretender. Now, the fact of the matter is, does God see me as that way? No. No. But has the enemy, through the pretense, convinced me through darkness, and through that darkness, to what? To deceive us. To deceive us. So there's two things we've always talked about here in the past and in several years here in our fellowship together. There's deception in Revelations 12.9 and then there's accusation in Revelations 12.10. The only way that I will have a private agenda from an absolute local assembly, the only way I'll do that is it's based upon deception, which is based upon some form of an accusation. I have something against someone, I believe they're against me, so I have to form, I believe that it's, it's my duty <laughs> to form a private fellowship. It's got nothing to do with that at all. Now here's what can happen to us, and this is what we need, and this is the thoughts I wanted to get to. You know, and, and I am very thankful for the men that are here, very thankful, and in a, in a sense, Sad, not defeated, but sad for them that aren't. I just really am. Because they deemed other things more necessary than these times that we have, which are so very precious and so soon to be so very few. If we understand prophecy and we truly understand where we are as his church in the midst of a world system that we are not of, we're in it, but we are certainly not of it. And I'm going to read this, and uh, what we touched on again. This has to do with prayer. You know, it's very interesting. Prayer. You know what prayer, honestly, especially for those, for any of us as male, and, and, and if you're a male in some form, God has designed you to be a leader. A leader is one who knows how to follow his proper head, which is Christ. In some form, in some form, this is true. In Acts 6, 4, we need to give ourselves to prayer. Now, in that sense, it's specifically speaking of pastors and teachers in a local assembly that they to do that, to give themselves to prayer and the preaching and teaching of the word, period. They're not to do anything else. That's what it says. It's made it crystal clear in that context. And it's very necessary. But as far as men, as far as men, and we've shared this before in 1 Timothy 2, verse 8, I wish that men, andras, Men, males, would lift up holy hands. You can't do it if you're pretending. You're not going to lift them up. Nope, you're not going to lift them up. You're not going to lift up holy hands. I would rather have brokenness in relationship with each other than smiles and smirks any day of the week. I'd much rather have that because that could even be a covering. And, and we certainly don't want that. And I certainly don't want it. And that's why, and again, some may have a problem with it. That, uh, God bless you. That's okay. Honestly, I do not have a problem with you, even if you have a problem with me and what you may think that you don't like. But my name is Ed, period. I mean it, too. It's not anything else attached to it. So that may be... That may be your form of lingo, but I can promise you through the scriptures 
And if you want, I can use the eight, if, you, if the scriptures aren't enough, I can use the 1828 dictionary to tell you what certain words are that you think may be a word that you can use to define other people when it's not even a proper word. Okay? The thing about that is, I'll tell you what would keep any of us in terms of initiation and being a follower, in terms of not being a hypocrite, a pretender, is to give ourselves to prayer. But why do we not do that? You know, because there's certain things in hypocrisy, which is the flesh, that we still desire. There's still things that are attached to us. The, and again, we've said this before, the enemy wants to convince believers, listen to me, especially men, he wants to convince them that based upon their language, the words they use, that's who they are. It's not. <laughs> it just is not. It isn't. Isn't. If those words, those things that you and I use, if they are not from the cause and the fervency of a reverence for Christ, they are not of him. It, 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 seriously, there is nothing, nothing, nothing that's trivial in terms of the scriptures. But boy, if I don't know them, if I am kept in the dark about them, if I don't come, if I, if honestly, and the, the, the reality is, is that's why we're doing, all of us this morning, is where you don't have answers, okay, come. Notice the first thing is come. And then see. Come and see. How do we see without light? Where does light proceed from? It proceeds from who God is. God is what? Love. We live in the light of a love life that's ours in Christ, and it keeps out pretending. And, and the pretense or the pretending is the control that the enemy has in the believer through their flesh. And that becomes their determining factor. He's convinced them this is okay to be who you are, and when others don't receive that, they're rejecting you. Answer, not at all. Again, we shared this the other morning in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11, when I was a child. Notice this. When I was a child, you can be a full adult man and function like a little kid. That's right. When I was a child, guess what? I spoke as a child. I used certain language. Yeah. You know, I find to be very interesting is that the word that's eternal came into time. And has that word ever changed in any time on the earth? No. But has our words changed? Has the enemy got words to change? Oh, you best believe he has. And boy, if I'm held accountable of those, well, somehow I'm being rejected. No, you're not. You're not being rejected. What's being rejected is the language that you even use that's not of Christ. Therefore, it's not even of a proper image. And if you use that language or those terms, that terminology about others, you're not thinking beyond yourself. And all you want to do is lower others. And I love you. It's not happening. And I mean this by the grace of Almighty God. It is not happening with me. I'm so, I'm, I'm, and, and by the way, I'm sad for you, but I'm not sorry for you. <laughs> I'm just not. Okay? I'm just not. 
there's certain things that have been established. For instance, there in Texas, between the fellowship and the order and the place that Mike and I had there in Texas, there was an establishment of a local assembly. God did that work. And what he starts, he will finish, just like he did here. That's an establishment. And to cause separation, there comes the private agendas and the private fellowships. You think it's enough. God doesn't do anything. If he calls you and I to a local assembly, and he's called all of us, including all of us, and Christ is the head of that assembly, you can be sure of it. And God wants you to be sure of it. Have an absolute certainty and assurity of that. So it keeps out all hypocrisy. In other words, an hypocrisy is the, is the interference of the flow of the light of a love life. That's what it is. It makes it very clear in the scriptures. Now here's where prayer comes in. That's why, that's what it means. I need to give myself to prayer. Listen, before I come to hear the word of God. Okay, so when it's talking about leaders there in Acts 6 verse 4, that means the, the pastor teacher in the privacy of the place where he is in a local assembly, that starts with his believer priesthood privacy with him and the Lord. Okay? And he must give himself to prayer. Two things happen when he does that. He protects himself and he protects those that God has put under, listen to me, under his care. That does away with the private agenda. The private fellowship. And I've seen it and dealt with it here. And I know that you deal with it there too, Mike, without a question about it. Because others would be there and be in certain places where God called and raised up that local assembly if they did not have a private agenda. And they may not even be aware of it, but do you think that even matters to the one who's brought in the deception? And you stay there long enough, and then you will accuse others, just like those Jethro and all those others started accusing Moses and saying, you take too much upon yourself. We're holy too said the person who's been around for about five or six or seven years, maybe. <laughs> I find that very interesting. I find that to be an extreme novice tendency, which is very dangerous for that one that I so love deeply in 1 Timothy 3.6. And I am being very, very honestly in love, deeply and specifically and intimately pointed in love. So here's Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And this is talking about the spiritual warfare, and that's what it is, spiritual warfare. Do you think maybe that has to do with hypocrisy? Do you think hypocrisy has, has to do with and de deception? Do you think deception in Obadiah, the third verse, has to do with pride? Do you think that will enter into an accusation? That's right. That's why, again, that's why, again, we teach this. And I teach by the grace of Almighty God and by His grace and His grace alone. Let's just, let's look at this one. Tell me this wouldn't do away with a lot 
in a proper order. When we read the first epistle of Timothy, what we're reading is how to function in proper order in a local assembly, a specific local assembly. And it's very interesting, by the time you get to the fifth chapter, by the time you get to the fifth chapter, and understanding those first four chapters, and, and understanding those first four chapters of 1 Timothy, and not separating them from chapter 5, verse 1, rebuke not an elder. Stop it. It's present imperative. You don't rebuke those that are over you. You do not do that. Privately, you don't get in a little prayer circle and pray for them. You do not rebuke an elder, but you entreat him as a father. I know young men, I know in their early years, they gave me beautiful cards. Beautiful cards. You, might, you, you love me like a dad. And over a process of time, that just kind of just kind of went away. Very sad, very sad. Just kind of went away. And the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers. I think those that that right there in Texas should should treat Mike as a father. And I think that in honor and deep respect and without an ounce of familiarity, because that comes from hypocrisy and deception and accusation. And I think they should treat his wife as, as, as a mother. Shouldn't be an ounce of familiarity. Shouldn't be an ounce of it. She's not your equal. I'm going to make that clear. My wife here is nobody's equal here. Just isn't. I'm going to make that clear. as mothers, and the, and the youngers as sisters. Listen to what it says, with all purity. All purity. You know what that's going to do? I'm going to tell you what that's going to do. You know what all that purity is going to do? It's going to keep out hypocrisy. Because you know what the purity speaks of? It always speaks of light. And you know what light is? It's an element that refuses to be mixed with anything else. Your private language... I get it, you know, to me, it's like, oh, the, the age, the younger crowd today, the so-called millennials, they have a certain language. Really? Really? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, so let the younger crowd educate us. <laughs> let them educate me. Really? Really? Yeah, reduce me down and do away with God's order? Ain't happening. It's not happening. Matter of fact, rather be by myself. Because you know what? I'm not with Christ. I'm going to make that crystal clear. This is not at all what I was going to preach on and teach this morning. I want to make it crystal clear before God Almighty. It's not. Gosh. Since when do we put anything or anybody ahead of or above Christ? What is it? Is it family? You think responsibility for a family replaces 
the head of a family to be responsible to Christ first? Because if that's the case, if they do, they're going to put family ahead of Christ. Period! They'll put their business ahead of it. Yeah. Oh, how are we supposed to do all that? (laughs) Well, first, maybe you need to humble yourself and get in his presence so you can find out. That's what means giving yourself to prayer. But leaders, first you must give yourself to prayer. Leaders, not novices. Not little pretenders. And I love them, and, and I love every one of them. Let me tell you. But I see, listen, it's just the way it is. In discernment brokenness with the individual that's, that has been raised up to be an under-shepherd in a local assembly, through that, he sees far further than individuals see for themselves. Far, far, far further. Further than your feet can go. Your eyes, you think your eyes see where your feet are going. I'm going to make it clear. You do not outside of being taught in a local assembly. And it's kind of interesting. See how this is continued? Do, do, do you see this? Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting? Yeah. I mean, it just continues. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't stop. Yeah. Hmm. There's a reason for that. Because God wants to bring us back to areas in our life to deal with so that we can continue to go forward as a one who's absolutely loved by their Father through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit and don't live in the lie of being a hypocrite. Okay? Because that's a lie against God's love. That's a lie against your image. That's a lie against you identifying with reality, which is Christ. Yep. And it would, it, would be, it would be beautiful if men would give themselves to prayer and get proper initiation for themselves so that their wives don't lead them or that they use their wives as, as an excuse not to be led by Christ. That's right. That's right. And I am, again, being profoundly and efficiently specific. And if you're convicted, and I am, and remember, we talked about conviction. Conviction means God is convicting me because I am living in sin, or it's keeping me from the potential of it. In either case, is there an accusation or a condemnation? Never. 1 Corinthians 11, 31, and 32. Ephesians 6. And we'll get into, and I want to do this through, again, through the preparation of a booklet. And again, these are things... These are things, and I do believe in areas, they're delayed. They're delayed because God has to get everyone that's supposed to participate in it to be of one mind. I I firmly believe that. Just do. It's going to take all of us. And it's very interesting. This is the all. This is what God's doing. This is what he's doing. And it's going to take us, giving ourselves in prayer. But my God, if I don't reverence him, why would I do that? Ephesians 6, verse 18. Praying always 
with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Did you notice that? There's a fourfold all there. The Holy Spirit is speaking something expressly to individuals. And he's taking this word right now and speaking it to all of us, all of us together as men. Praying at all seasons. All seasons. Does that mean even when I don't feel like it? When it's not convenient? When other things are crowding in? God. With all prayer, all prayer, and supplication. Notice what it says, in the Spirit. There's the result of giving yourselves, yourself first to prayer. Okay, I think it's interesting, and, and I'm so glad you brought that up, Mike, in Revelations 12, 9, but you will look where the hypocrisy, by the time you get to 12, 9, look at 12, 1 and 2 of Romans. I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, which is your only, which is reasonable, your reality, your reasonable service, and stop being conformed to this world. Yeah, certain words, certain lingo, because that's what we are in our age group. Yeah, that's biblical. Not. Well, <laughs> oh, jeez, Lord, please. <laughs> And stop being conformed to this world. Stop it. Conform to this world. Hypocrite. It's not who you are. He's not calling you a hypocrite. He's not calling me a hypocrite. He's saying stop living in it by giving yourself to prayer. Listen, you can put the armor on, listen to me, and that's very important. Why don't men pray? Because they don't know enough. They don't care enough to know. <laughs> oh, Lord. They don't. Put on the armor all the truth about who Christ is and the work that he's accomplished, the sovereignty and the beauty and the majesty of who he is and reverencing him above everything. And bringing that into everything. Bringing reverence into every single relationship. Every single place we go, there's reverence. Because that reveals and manifests our true character in Christ. Happens to, to manifest Christ in the vessel. That's the treasure in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. And men and women and unsaved and saved and, and longing people and lost people look at the vessel, and they see the treasure being manifested. You got to put on the armor. That's all the truth. But you can put that on in measure, and we're still doing that. None of us, none of us know a thing like we ought to, which means we're still going to know. None of us know what we ought to, but boy, we ought to function in what we do know. Because if we don't, that's hypocrisy. It's yeah, disobedience. It's based on disobedience. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. It just is. And by the way, it'll do away with all comparisons. It'll do away with all that silly nonsense as picking your favorites. Like God left it up to us who would be our pastor teachers. And he certainly didn't. 
And I thank God for the men that are in my life. And I'm talking about the living men that are on this earth right now. Especially those that I'm closest to. And God put him there and he put him in my life because he knew I couldn't do without them because he knew that was the way that he had chosen for me. Just as much as he's done it for you. Because I'm going to tell you, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't. And the hypocrisy will tell us that we do. It's a spiritual issue. Now, verse 18. (laughs) Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching unto this very thing. What are we watching? What is this very thing that we are not wrestling against? Blood and flesh. That's the proper way to interpret it in Ephesians 6, 12. We are not doing that. All of our conflicts does not have to do with individuals. No wonder it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They don't have anything to do with our humanity or another's. Doesn't. But they are explosive and dynamite through God. That's power, the power that we have. We are kept by that power in 1 Peter 1.5, and Christ is that power. He's the wisdom and the power that we need in the midst, especially where we are in this particular age, where we are right now. As everything points to the hastening, literally, of his second coming. All the signs point to his second coming. The only thing that has to happen is the rapture, something that now is being mocked at. The word of God has never been more maligned or mocked than it is today, ever, ever. And that can start with an individual, unfortunately, with those that are his, when we just live just like the world as hypocrites, because that's how they live. That's how we once lived. But are we anymore in Christ? And we're not. We're not. You know, there was a man and I studied and he was in, he was in the 30s and the 40s when he studied these precious scriptures in the 1930s and 40s. And he talked about the wars that were ravaging Europe. He talked about them. And as a result of those wars that were going on on the earth, there sprung up a revival of what? The practice of prayer. That's what it took. It took wars for Christians. Wars for Christians to pray. It, that's what it took. Wars. Cataclysmic. Catastrophes all around them happening. Boy, if you don't think that's coming to our country... You're an ostrich and you have your head in the sand. You don't know prophecy. You don't know the five cycles of discipline, which is extremely necessary. (laughs) Like everything about our life while we're on this earth as Christians is doing the best we can and with the details of life. What hypocrisy. We're a heavenly people. We're not an earthly people. And the hypocrisy starts with that earthly, worldly. Well, and we can be thankful for that. You know what's very interesting? You know what prayer, prayer 
prayer dependency, giving ourselves to prayer. You know what it puts us immediately in? Spirit of thankfulness. Why aren't we thankful for what we have? Why am I not thankful as much as I should be? Why not, thank, why not being thankful in Ephesians 5.20? For all things. Really? No, for all things. You mean things that look bad by sight? Be thankful for all things. For all things. Why? Why not? 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Be thankful in all things. Why? Because in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Because that teaches continual dependence. Why am I not thankful? Because I, I stop being dependent. I stop being dependent, stop giving myself to prayer, and what do I do? I am not thankful. I just take for granted everything. Yeah. It's all about me. No wonder the word fellowship in 1 John chapter 1, 1 through 3 is kinonia, has to do with the setting aside of private interests. You know why men aren't here this morning? They, set, they have private interests, private agendas, private fellowships. <laughs> the setting aside of private interests and desires for the benefit of the whole. Well, you can't fit in where, you, where you're supposed to be. You're going to hightail it out. But thank God, if you do, you get into another place where that still can be dealt with because it needs to be. And I am being extremely specific right now. In love. Not even knowing what I was going to speak on this morning. To the neglect of prayer, much of our spiritual weakness and inefficiency is to be traced to the fact that we don't pray. We refuse to give ourselves a prayer. It's not that we don't know it. It's that we refuse to do it. That's James 4.17. To him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. Just is. It just is. I'm not doing anything bad. Yeah, I'm just not praying. Ha! Huh. Boy, you are leaving yourself, and I would be leaving myself wide open, and you are. You don't, you're wide open. You will function in ignorance, but I want to tell you where that ignorance, when you have the light of the Scriptures, begins, okay? It's when you know through the light of the Scriptures what to do, and you don't do it. And both, can be, both are extremely dangerous. The other is far more. God will continue to give us grace to deal with issues in our life. When we just really don't know, we haven't yet refused it. We haven't yet refused it. We just haven't. But he makes it clear again that our we the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're spiritual. Ephesians 6.12. Ephesians 6.11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the methodia, his strategies, his evil, evil, evil. Listen, you and I, God has never left it up to us to determine what sin is. We, and, we, and when we think we can, we're acting like a hypocrite. And we make our own choices. Let's communicate to each other through the scriptures. Let that be the definition of our conversation in our words. And if you need a little more help, 
turn to the Noah Webster 1828 dictionary if the scriptures aren't enough. Because that 1828 is good, but it can't touch the scriptures. I want to make that crystal clear too, by the way. Because the scriptures will even help the definitions, even in that 1828, that, that polyglot, that man of many languages, Noah, did, still didn't even know himself. I'm going to make that crystal clear, too. Like, I know any crystal clarity apart from me being submitted to him. No. But only when we don't give ourselves to prayer... We get involved with evil powers of a spiritual nature that are far more destructive than those that are outwardly on this earth. Far more. Far more. But because you can't see them, you haven't given yourself to prayer. You can't see them in your life, you haven't given yourself over to prayer. So you don't have the definition of when, where, and how they even come in. You give them a tiny little space in Ephesians 4, 27. Give no place. Topos, T-O-P-O-S. Don't you give him a place. You do, that's the lack of dependence, and in he comes. And a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It leavens the whole lump. Because what it does, it brings in the evil powers of a spiritual nature. Literally, what is causing all those wars and all those wars here? Who's behind those physical wars? Who's behind that? Our, your, your spiritual enemies. My spiritual enemies. Who can believe the things that he gets Christians occupied with? Other than specific word of God. And yet they think they're doing God's service. See what I wrote. See what I'm doing. See how I'm helping. God, deliver us, please. Deliver me from these evil powers, these world rulers of this darkness. You and I as a man can only stand if clothed with the whole armor of God. And once that armor's on, still not enough. And if maintained... They can only be, that armor can only be maintained with continual dependence upon God, which expresses itself in prayer. I am going to preach on these, and, and, I, and I would, and, and we'll put it on the website, but I want to, I want to preach on it, and, and I don't know if I'll do it tonight or another time, because I think it's expressly needed by men more than anybody, seeing as how they're initiators in the image and order of God himself about watchfulness and we don't even have the time to touch that one but let me tell you it is intense very intense because the fact of the matter is only in the degree that we're conscious of this conflict that we're in it only depends upon the measure in which we enter into experientially through prayer a heavenly position. We don't even know it. You know, if, if there was ever a time in my life, if it is ever a time in men's lives to take these things seriously while we can, why am I saying that? I'm going to tell you why. Then we're going to close this soon because I want to open it up 
the questions and comments, and I want to hear, uh, I would love to hear, as God leads, from, from others about this. And we need to share the convictions that we have. Not so much put our dirty laundry out. And sometimes if, if it's dirty and it's between two individuals, it should stay there. I'm going to make that crystal clear. How many areas of division would have been dealt with if only we went to God first and then to the individual alone? Instead of having a private agenda, private council, and private so-called prayer sessions. Seen a few of those in my day. Even recently. This is... This is here, what we're going to read uh, today is this. This is, this is and, and I'm going to end it with this, and we haven't even begun to touch what, what God would have for us this morning. This is John 12, verses 35 and 36. We need to take this, this issue of prayer and this issue of watching as men is about as seriously as our next breath. Because if it isn't, we'll breathe in something else. And it will pollute us. And it will pollute others that we communicate with. This is John, the 12th chapter, verse 35. Jesus said unto them, yet a little while. Do you, listen, the enemy wants to convince us that we have way more time than we do. Time to get right with God. Time to get right with others in transparency. That'll get rid of a lot of other foolishness. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk. Know where you're going while you have the light. Lest darkness come upon you, for he that walks in darkness doesn't know where he's going. But I'll tell you, the one who brings in that darkness does. It's a little while. While you have the light, Believe in the light, submit to it, that you may be the children of what? Light. These things spoke Jesus and departed and hid himself from them. Would God hide himself from us? Does he have anything to do with the flesh? Not a single thing. This is John 13. John 13, verse 33. Little children, yet a little while. And little children here is all the spiritual dads, all the spiritual young men, and all the spiritual babes. Okay, in 1 John 2, 12 to 14. When you read 1 John 2, 1, where it says, my little children, it's the Greek term as we've shared before, technia, that's all of us are children of God. None of us live independent of each other. But in God's order, the babe doesn't replace the young man. The young man doesn't replace the spiritual dad. The young man doesn't bring daddy down to his level based upon a communication of language. It ain't going to happen. Not supposed to, not God's order. Not allowing you for God's love to flow in me towards you and vice versa. <laughs> Just that simple. God's order has to do with who he is, his nature, and his nature is love. 
and fulfill justice for those that are in Christ. John 13, 33, little children, yet a little while I'm with you. You will seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, the Jews, those that were not believing and receiving, even though the word was preached and taught, whither where I go, you cannot come, so I say now to you. Now he was saying that to Peter and them because obviously he had to go to the cross. It was the only place that he could go. But in terms of the light that we're talking about in the scriptures, that light is the grace that he's given us to make the adjustment to go. It's just that, do we refuse it? When we do, we live as a hypocrite. And I'm telling you, I just don't want that in my life anymore. Period. John 14. Verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. Comfortless is in the, in the originals. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. That's specific. I will come to you. I will come to you. He's doing that through his word right now. Right now, that's what he's doing based upon 1 Thessalonians 2.13. I will come to you, verse 19, yet a little while and the world sees me no more. Does it see him now that he's gone? Been crucified and gone? But you see me. How? Through light. Because I live, you will live also. And at that day, you will know when you finally face me and in each area now, on our way for an eternal face-to-face, that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Isn't that interesting? Yet a little while. Yet. Nah, too busy. Nah, I got too much to do. Nah. Because God wouldn't arrange my schedule and make everything work perfectly if I put him first. Nah, he wouldn't do that. No, he would tell me to be obedient in this area and then not bless me. And put things in order. Of course he would. No, he wouldn't do that. Would he? Well, John 16, verse 19, 18, 17, 16. I'm doing it on purpose. Here it is. John 16, 16. A little while and you will not see me, but you'll still have my word. And again, a little while, and you will see me, because I go to the Father. Then, some, then said some of his disciples among, among themselves, What is this that he said unto us, a little while? And you will not see me, and again, a little while, and you will see me, and because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he said, a little while? We cannot tell what he said. Are they going to the word? No, they're going to each other. They got a little private fellowship. Little private agenda. It's just he's not involved. We cannot tell what he said. Thank God he knows our thoughts. Psalm 139, verse 2, Job 42, verse 2. He knows them from afar off. Thank God. In 31, verse 4 of Job, he counts all our steps. And the steps of his goodness in us are ordered and set by the Lord in Psalm 37, 23. Now, Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, but they didn't. 
and said among them, do you inquire among yourselves? <laughs> God. Do you inquire among yourselves? Are you up to it? Outside of his order? Are you inquiring of yourselves of that that I said? Is your little devotional enough? <laughs> A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me. Truly, truly, I say unto you that you will weep and lament, but the Lord will rejoice. You hear that? It so hates Christ. It so hates the Word. The enemy so hates prayer. He so hates each other. He so hates us and wants to separate and divide local assemblies by doing it with local individuals. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. Boy, we need to give ourselves to prayer, don't we? We certainly do, and he so loves us. Why not? When we give ourselves to prayer, who are we giving ourselves to? God, and God is love. Loving us. Yeah. Why can't we just let him love us? Why don't we just let him love us? It has a lot to do with the will. It has a lot to do with continual preaching and teaching and much, 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 much learning. No wonder he said in 1 Timothy 5.22, don't you even dare to lay hands on any man suddenly. Worst thing you can do, especially to a young person, is build them up so much when they aren't even close to being ready to receive it. Because all you would be building them up is their pride. We need to be extremely careful. Loving, yes, but extremely careful. And we will be as leaders as we continually give ourselves to prayer. Then we get the ministry. Then God ministers to us what proper prayer is. And he does it through his word because he loves us. In Jesus' name, amen.